0: Hello, once again, this is Petal with the After 50 Shades of Grey podcast. So glad you joined us again today. And we are going to start getting really interesting now. So everybody's kind of prepping for Valentine's Day, even though we are in a completely new... Um world, almost an alternate reality um, with the virus and all the changes we've had to make to the way we live and the way we do things. So we're going to talk about romance. We're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about sex. And we're going to recognize that Sometimes they don't all come together. Because you know what? By the time you get to 40, 50 years old, yeah, you figure it out. They are not necessarily a package deal. And that's okay. That is perfectly okay. Um, Do they slut shame women over 50? I don't know. But hey, by the time you reach 50, I think even if they tried to slut shame us, we'd be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, I didn't give a damn when I was in my 20s. Damn sure don't give a damn when I'm in my 50s. Oh, and I turned 60. Did I say that? Yes. Yeah, so I technically have exited my 50s. No, not technically. I flippin' left my damn 50s behind. I am all ass out 60, okay? It is what it is. So, I was talking to a client the other day and she asked me had I ever heard the term sapiosexual? And I was like, "No. What's that?" I and I want to point out I am getting this whole education in things sexual, okay? So let's go back to talking about the name of the podcast, After 50, colon, Shades of Grey. So I personally, I don't care what anybody else says, I loved the Fifty Shades of Grey series. I loved the writing. I felt like she kept me hanging on. I could not wait for the next one to fall to drop. And when she did the third one, I felt like she dropped me off a cliff and just stopped. (laughs) I honestly did. Um, But I personally loved her writing. I've heard people say the writing was shit. Okay. You know, I always remember that when I was in the church thing, I went to a revival at my church and I was just so up and feeling good. And a friend of mine, sent me an email the next day and went, I heard it wasn't nothing, it was crap. I was like, what, were we at the same place? And that was the light bulb moment for me when I realized that we experience things differently. Now you might say, damn, (laughs) you are full grown before you realize that. But even if we talk to my brother who I follow in the numbers, right? I have three older brothers that my parents share. I have one older brother who passed away recently, Earl, who is my dad's son. Um, even though he was never claimed, a whole other podcast we're going to have about family secrets. Um, and then my brother, Nigel, that I follow you know he was saying and this is where it gets dicey because i forgot where i was going with this conversation oh so we talk about um he'll talk about how he experienced a part of our lives as children and i'm sitting here going what that's what you got out of that cuz you know that wasn't mm that's not how I felt that. And people talk about that all the time cuz you know they compare kids, right? And he was the nice did all the right things kid. Me I'm the youngest, I'm the only girl. I was shit. I was just I just did shit all the time. I just acted out all the time. Whole set of reasons behind that, but At the time, all it looked like was he was a good kid, I was a bad kid. And the only girl, my poor, disappointed mother. Anyway, back to the whole um, Fifty Shades of Grey. So Fifty Shades of Grey opened up a whole thing that I had never really... I mean, I don't think you can have lived in this world and not heard of BDSM and bondage and that type of thing. Not to the detail. That my girl brought it, but, you know, learned some things about cat and nine tails. And now, let me just state it. Ain't nobody hitting me and not getting hit back. I'm just saying. I understand. It's a different world. It's occupied by folks who enjoy. Not I, said the cat. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> it just, it does not feed me, Okay. Maybe because I've been hit by men who meant to do me damage. But, yeah, that I don't see that ever being a part of the life. For me, it was the story, right? I love a good redemption love story. And if you're broken, as we tend to describe ourselves as damaged and broken, we can spend our lives looking for someone to fix or to fix us. Y'all heard me, let me say that again. We can spend our lives looking for someone to fix or to fix us. Let me be the one to bust the bubble. Neither of those options, option one or option two serve us. Okay. Fix yourself. Fix yourself. (laughs) Okay. You are the most important person in a fixing equation. And only you can fix what's broken. Now, I've heard women tell of all the great things that have been done, but you know what? When Christian Gray got into this relationship with Anastasia, is her name? Anna. Damn, can't even remember her name. He was broken, but he had been doing work. That's the other thing. Not everybody who you do the work with is going to be helpful. Some of them will do more damage than good. Choose carefully when you're choosing a therapist When you're choosing someone to help you through any kind of situation, whether it's trauma, whether it's career change, whatever it is, please, please, please choose wisely. You don't have to stay with a therapist or a coach if you are not feeling them. I remember the first time I fired a therapist, she got heated. She was hot. But I stood my ground, and that's the only time I believe in stand your ground, just so you know, until it serves everybody equally. Yes, I get off on tangents. Anyway, let's just say that that opened a whole nother area of sexuality and love and romance. I'm a romantic. You can't tell by my life. (laughs) Except that I have a number of baby daddies um, who I all thought I was going to rescue or they were going to rescue me. When I was young, I was smart enough to know when to get out. No, not really. Sometimes I stayed too long, but I did get out. I did not feel that because I had a child with someone meant that my life was forever tied to them. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. Anyway, we're going back to sapiosexuality. And it is an attraction to more of someone's intelligence rather than the physical. Y'all heard me. It's an attraction to someone's intelligence more than the physical. So, you know, we big sisters who are out here struggling with how we look, and unless we go to the gym or we get a tummy tuck or get some inches off this, hunty, there are partners out there who will love us as we are. I'm going to say that for you a second time. There are partners for us who will love us as We are. The whole diet industry just dropped their forks and was like, are you crazy? You can't be saying that. At this time of the year, every friggin' commercial you see wants you to go to Weight Watchers or WW now, or they want you to go to, I don't know. I can't even think of the names, but it's like every time you turn, you go on Facebook, every other ad. Well, I'm here to tell you. If all it took was just saying, okay, I'm ready. A lot of us would be a size 10. Okay. I remember my um, trainer would get annoyed with me because I would tell him that I just want to be a, a 12 maybe a 10, and he'd be like, what do you mean? Why don't you want to be a single digit? I said, because when people go from a 20 to a single digit, I don't know. For some folk, they don't look that great to me. There are some people who, to me, look better fat. I said it. Yeah, I did. See, if we can be healthy and heavy, I'm a proponent for that life. Now, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that's my story. How ear That, to me, should be what we are looking for. Anyway, we're going to go back to sapiosexual. So I found this blog, <clears throat> and she did an article. She It's called Love Panky. I'm going to have to reach out to her and see if maybe I can have her on the podcast or something. But it was like... So it says, what does it mean to be attracted to intelligence? Sapiosexual means you fall in love with someone for something other than the way that they look or the external beauty they display to the world. It isn't just about falling in love with their intelligence. It is about finding a connection with someone that goes beyond the physical and is in the realm of the real. Sapiosexual relationships have things to offer besides something fun to look at. Oh, be still my heart. I, I personally loved that whole paragraph in the whole thing. Let's talk about that, about how we perceive ourselves. That I remember at one point saying, I wouldn't wanna date anybody who would wanna date me at the size I am. Stop the damn foolishness. No. That's buying into a whole industry that's a multi-billion, trillion-dollar industry that tells us that we're not beautiful and we're not sexy. Remember when which one of the designers told Adele that if she wasn't so big, she'd be cute? Fuck you. Fuck you. I mean, who gets to tell you that your size means you can't be cute? And I don't know. I'm going to tell you. I see women with good-looking husbands who are not a single digit. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, We are told that we will never find someone when we're this size, but some of that has to do with the walls we build because we are this size. Okay? So I'm talking to my sisters today who struggle with weight, with body issues, do not see themselves as beautiful. I mean, I just got veneers for where my ex-husband punched me in the mouth and basically my teeth just crumbled under the pressure and I had to get crowns and finally had to get veneers to match the crown because I had stopped smiling how sad is that come on how sad is that but every time I smiled and I had In my defense, I had really nice teeth before that. And like my kids used to think I had dentures. (laughs) And my kids told me like when they were in middle school that people asked them if those were their mom's real teeth. What? (laughs) But yeah, no, it wasn't middle school, it was um, elementary. But yeah, people wanna know if they were my real teeth. I loved my smile back in the day. But I now have a scar on my lip, where that opened my face all the way to. I actually know what it looks like into my nostril. <laughs> yeah, whole other podcast about that. I have a blog post that talks about, um, you know, self forgiveness and domestic violence and how we need to navigate those waters. Read them, but. It comes to a we come to a place where we need to say, okay, today this is who I am and this is who I have to love because today this is this is it. And if you want to lose weight and you set that as a goal and this is your discipline and you're going to make this. I'm not saying that you're not right. I'm not saying that that's not what you need to do. Do you, sis? Do you? But while you're waiting to get there, please, please, please love who you are today. Because if you don't love who you are today, I promise you, the single digit you, you're not going to love her anymore nobody talks a lot about the stories of people who lose a lot of weight, but they don't lose the fat girl or the fat boy, fat guy mentality. We need to look at that whole discussion and get real with ourselves. I feel like if we can't love ourselves as we are, it's unlikely that we're gonna love ourselves as a better looking version of ourselves. So if we can open ourselves up to love as we are, then we can do the work as we are there. And look, You might open yourself up to love and go from a 12 to a 14 or a 16. The fact is, if that person is actually in love with the fullness of who you are, that's not going to be the problem. I remember when I was doing my undergrad and I did a paper on dating after 50. And part of that was, of course, I had to go... I had to sign up for online dating because that is a part of the struggle for us after 50 can be online dating. That's not our normal space. Well, <laughs> so many guys, right, big girls don't need to call or that kind of, I'm like, and then when you look at the mud-faced fool that is saying that, you're like, honey, honey the big girl don't want you neither. I remember there was a time when I was reading articles when I was ready to date after like 15 or 16 years of celibacy and raising my kids, didn't want anything to do with a man after I had that, I left that abusive relationship. And I said to um, a coworker who was a quote unquote friend. Well, you know they say you should tell your friends that you're open to dating, so they may know someone who they can introduce you to. And this broad turned to me and said, "Yeah, but you know, the guys who want to date big girls, they just want to date big girls because they think big girl, big girls will do anything." I looked at. I was like, "Bitch, fuck you." <laughs> I'm like, the fact that you were even saying that to me is so insulting. But this is the real world, people. This is the real world. But we must not let these people decide how we feel about ourselves and what we are entitled. No, I don't like the word entitled. But what we deserve, yeah, what we are entitled to, fuck it. Um As a big girl, I've done the work to get the emotional, physical, well, physical, maybe not in the what you see, but I've done the work to make me a valuable partner in terms of the things I am aware of who I am, I know what I want. I know what I don't want. And I am big enough to ask for what I fucking want. Yes, I am. And if you can't give that to me, I am not obligated to accept it. Now, maybe what I want in this area, you don't deliver right there. I remember someone was saying to me, oh, yeah, you just want somebody for companionship, right? Not for sex. Um, Wrong. (laughs) I don't know where that came from, but yeah, not really. I'm going to drop some little facts here for y'all that came up in my research. People in the 60s, 70s, the after 50 crowd. We are the highest demographic for new cases of STDs, sexually transmitted diseases. Now, that has a foundation in a bunch of different things, not least of which is that for many of us, condoms were for if we didn't want to get pregnant, right? Uh, uh-uh, Wrong. Condoms protect you from dirty dick. Hopefully, um, you need to be wearing or your partner needs to be wearing a condom if you're dating, especially if you're not sure if they date other people. I ain't going to slut shame you if you're sleeping with more than one man, just so you know. Do you, this, do you, but cover that thing up. Cover that thing up up. Okay? Just putting that down there for y'all. Back to (laughs) where this conversation began. If we are so caught up in ooh, I got so much fat on me, he would not be able to find that thing. Trust me. If he can't find it with the fat Potentially, he can't find it without the fat. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. I'm not going to be here for the conversation that says that unless you lose weight, you can't have good sex. Nope. Nope. I remember they were saying, you know, when a woman is heavier, she finds it difficult to get pregnant somebody needed to tell my ass that. Because my fat ass at size 14, size 18, size 20, I would have still been churning out babies, honey. Just so you know, I got seven that I gave birth to. So, yeah, all of that. Have you ever seen some of these sisters that can do some yoga? That could turn a world upside down, <laughs> literally. I, I'm not buying it. I am not buying it. I am not by any means advocating for us not to be healthy. But in the absence of being a size eight, six, five, twelve, 12, whatever, you got to be okay with you today. And anybody who wants to say different, Ah, You could kiss my ass. Just plain and simple. Um, You know, I understand that being fat is worse than being a seditionist. I understand that. (laughs) But that's in your book, not in mine. And this is my book. So guess what? It's not worse. You can be the nastiest bitch and thin, and that's okay, you can, you're can. you still expected to find a man if you look halfway decent. But if you're fat, they even question if you're cute. Yeah, we got to come up against that. So, all of this to say, big girls, if you're out here and you are listening to me, put your makeup on. Put your little what you can wear on. I got back trouble, so I can't wear stilettos. I was never a stiletto girl. I got to tell y'all that story. Ooh, One night in New York, walking barefoot with them damn stilettos in my foot, in in my hand. Ooh, yeah, it wasn't cute. Oh, those feet hurt. Anyway, comfortable shoes. Look. The man you're looking for, if all he's looking for is what you look like or if that's the primary thing for him, if that's what makes him go, "Mm," then you're not the one for him. Have you ever seen people in relationships and it might be two gorgeous people or it might be two attractive people and you're like, ew, it's almost like they hate each other. Because society tells us that, apparently we need somebody to look good if we look good. And if we don't look what society says is good, then society says we can't have somebody who society says look good. (sighs) I'm thinking we need to change the narrative. So let's look in the mirror Let's say, this is who I am today. The roles and all, as my my little granddaughter, my newest granddaughter, number 11, Hazel has a t-shirt that says, these roles are homemade. Honey, these roles are homemade, okay? So, love on them, get a grip and ride. We're also going to talk about um, disability and sex. Um, That's going to be another podcast, but I'm just telling you what's coming up. Because, you know, as we age and we have certain things that go uh, awry, like, you know, maybe it was as a result of an accident, maybe it was just, you know, over time the body starts to break down, whatever it is. There are still ways to experience pleasure solo and (laughs) with a partner um we're gonna talk about all of that because on the after 50 shades of gray podcast there's gonna be very little that's taboo okay so put on your big girl panties if you even wear panties and come on let's talk This is Petal, it's After 50, Shades of Grey, and I am just so happy you are here with us. Have a great one.